Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up, what's up? Welcome into the National Signing Day edition of GC Live. Happy early signing period to Gamecock fans and everybody else out there as South Carolina officially brings in its, at least part of, its class of 2021. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. This is, of course, GC Live brought to you by Affordable Medical Equipment, the fine folks at AffordableMedicalUSA.com. That's 803-926-1493. They are, of course, home of the game day chair. Little Chris, a little bit different vibe around signing day. We are learning what some other schools and maybe their media have learned in previous, uh, the last few years, what it's like to be covering a coaching change during signing day. So a little bit different around here, but um, obviously still some guys officially signing with the Gamecocks. And, um, some guys that we're still we're still waiting on maybe one or two other guys to hop in, but um, obviously some guys that have already made it official today. And I, I see down there in the little thumbnail that our friend uh, Colton Gothier is getting set up. Colton, give me a thumbs up when you're ready to come on, man, and I'll bring you in. Um, he says he's ready. I see him. He, he's got his uh, he's got everything set up at the house there. We'll bring him in now. Gamecocks commit now signee. Colton Gothier. Colton, what's going on, man? How you doing? How's it going? You guys can hear me? Yeah, yeah, we, we can hear you, man. I I, awesome. I love the setup. Um, obviously, <laughs> a, little, a little bit different for you today than maybe it would have been non-COVID times, man, yep. but you're making the best of it. So I, I was just thinking, we had, we had Ryan Holinsky on our live show on the radio two years ago, Luke Doty last year. Now we got Colton Gothier, Gamecocks commit, sort of the face of the class, what, what is it like, Colton, to just um, officially put pen to paper? I, I see <laughs> his uh, his dog wants to be on the show as well. Hey, if, if your dog wants to be on the show, man, he he can get on too. Um, we'll give Colton a, a second there to get back settled in. But Colton, of course, a four star commitment to South Carolina, a, a guy that Chris has really just um, I would say worked really hard to hold this class together despite all the sort of maybe turmoil and just, and you know, business decisions going on around him. Colton, how, how did it feel today, man, to to talk to Jessica Jackson and, and make it official and, and send in your LOI? Yeah, I mean, um, it didn't really hit me because I got up obviously early in the morning and um, and uh, signed the e-document and everything. And um, once I got that phone call from Coach and, um, you know, just really started talking about, you know, um, what we're going to do as a program. And once that Gamecock uh, thing got sent out, um, really hit me hard. And, um, you know, I felt really blessed to be where I am. And um, like I said, it's been a long process, been a long journey, but I've made it here and um, still got a long ways to go. And um, I'm just excited to get to work and uh, get to South Carolina. Colton, Chris Clark here. Hey, appreciate you being on with us, man. Congratulations again. So two follow-ups on the calls. Uh, Got to find out the dancing with Jessica, I guess, virtual dancing. How was that? Who has the superior moves? What type of dancing was it? Uh, tell us about that first, and then I want to ask you about your conversation with Shane Beamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we, uh, we got after it this morning. Um, I, didn't see, I didn't see what she was doing, but I know I probably definitely had her beat. 
I know for a fact that we were both dancing, though. I can tell you that. But I know for if, if uh, you talk to her, tell her I have the better dance moves. So. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if Shane Beamer was dancing this morning, but I assume you mentioned you had a chance to talk to Coach. You, you talked to Shane Beamer this morning after you signed. How was that conversation? Yes, sir. It was a great conversation. Um, very mutual between the two of us. Um, you know, he said, you know, thanks for trusting in me. And, you know, I just told him the same thing. I was like, thank you for believing in me, coach. And, um, and you know, it's very mutual. And um, I've been talking to Coach Beamer since he's gotten the job, you know, through FaceTime and, and text messages and, and stuff like that. And, and all the way through the process, he's continued to stay on me. And, and we've continued to recruit the class and, and hold the class together. And um, I really like Coach Beamer. And I've bought into what he's about. And I think all of our other commits have, have hopped on board too and, and bought into that. And um, that's really all you can ask for. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, he's laid out a foundation. And I feel like, you know, the early enrollees, especially are coming in at a perfect time where he's, you know, brand new and we're, we're going to be a part of it. And um, I think we'll, we'll all get there. And once we're all there, we'll all buy in as a team. And, um, and I think it's going to be really good. And, and like I said, um, I've bought in to Coach Beamer. I can tell you for a fact, all the other commits have bought in. Um, and I know a lot of the team has as well. And so I'm just excited to get there and be a part of the new era. Um, it'd, be a, it'd be a part of something special and uh, make history. So I'm, I'm just very excited, very blessed, and uh, very appreciative. So, Colton, I, I remember in one of our probably really early interviews, uh, we talked a long time and you said how you sort of learned pretty quickly – uh, what a business college football is. I think Absolutely. maybe some some OCs or quarterbacks coaches at places you had been recruited by had moved on, changed jobs. You you got that reminder, obviously, again, man, you already knew it, but you got that reminder with, with the Muschamp deal. Um, what what has that been like to sort of go through that part of things? And, and why did you sort of feel it was important for you to kind of try to help hold this class together? Because it seems like you sort of took it upon yourself to try to do that, man. Yeah, so – for me, um, I've had – in my high school career, I've had four different offense coordinators every year. I've had three different head coaches, and I've been to two different high schools, and I've moved houses throughout my high school career. So um, through that process and through that adversity, I've been able to learn how to deal with it because every year I've had a change, and it's been a major change. You know, it's not just like a strength coach or – or, you know, or whatever. It's, it's like a, a whole offense is changing. And so in four years, I've, I've learned how to adjust on the fly, learn different offenses, and literally went from reading a wristband to, to looking at signals. And, and, I mean, you I've been on complete opposite ends of the spectrum as far as the passing offense. And so, you know, in those four years, it forces you to mature. It forces you to have a different perspective, and it forces you to learn – like you said, what a business college football is. And so when I, when I got the news that Coach Muschamp got fired, um, obviously, you know, it's tough because, you know, I love Coach Muschamp and he was, he was the main recruiter for me. Um, he talked to me every day. And, um, and so obviously it was tough. But like I said, just by that process of me having to go through high school of offense coordinator, offense coordinator, new high school, new head coach, um, it's prepared me for moments like that and it's going to continue to prepare me for moments when I'm in college as well. So like I said, um, you know, with coach Muschamp being gone, obviously it is unfortunate, but um, it's going to prepare me and um, I think it's going to help me in college and I'm going to be able to do great things and, and just learning from that process has helped me out a lot. So um, like I said, I'm excited and I uh, can't wait. Colton, speaking of offense, you know, obviously as a quarterback, you know, you said you're to, to Shane Beamer what he's doing, but what have you learned about, if anything, about the direction that maybe he wants to go offensively uh, with how they want to be, what the scheme's going to look like? Right. So um, I haven't heard a lot just because, you know, obviously the, uh, we, have, we don't have an offense coordinator hired currently. Um, but I do know as far as just kind of doing my research and looking back and and just hearing things from certain people, um, you know, a lot of RPOs and, and stuff like that. And he's going to rely on an athletic quarterback. And for me, that's perfect for me. You know, a lot of people 
think that I'm, you know, just a statue or a pocket passer. And I can tell you I'm, I, I'm, I'm not that. I'm a very athletic quarterback. I'm able to make off-platform throws, do RPOs, throw on the run, and all that stuff. And if, you know, you watch the tape every year, it's gotten better and better. And it's going to continue to get better because I'm going to have better coaches in college. I'm going to have more time to work on it. And so, you know, as far as scheme, like specifics, I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you just because we don't have an offensive coordinator hired. But as far as, you know, me doing my research and, and talking to people that have been with Coach Beamer, obviously seeing him in Oklahoma and, and just things like that, he is going to rely on an athletic quarterback. And I feel like that's where I can um, fit in. That's where I'm the best, and um, I'm able to come in and uh, hopefully make an immediate impact and just, like I said, just continue to work and um, put my head down and, like I said, just, just continue to stay the course, stay the process, and uh, see what happens from there. Yes, I, I don't know if you can see it, but, Colton, we've, we've got your highlights from this past year rolling right now for everybody else to see while we're talking here, man. So, um Talk to us a little bit more. You, you just hit it on a little bit, but a little bit more about your development, maybe right. your approach moving forward. And, and I know um, I actually talked to, to Austin Carter Samuels uh, a few okay. months back, uh, your guy out there, and you were back out in California, you Last know, hanging week. out with him. So t- tell us about that. How, how has that been just sort of growing as a player, but also getting, you know, it's got to be a great experience for somebody your age to be able to go out and, and see California and, and experience the world a little bit too, oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, um, ACS has been with me. I mean, I met him when he started recruiting me at Mizzou. He was my primary recruiter. Um, he was the guy that offered me. Um, and, and since the beginning of the relationship, I could tell it was just different. He was just a different guy, probably mostly because he's younger and he's played at the level that I'm about to step into. And it's been recent. You know what I mean? It hasn't been like he's 15 years removed. I mean, he's literally like, I'm pretty sure about four to five years removed from that. So he's, he's extremely relevant and he, and he's just, he's helped me out so much with not only the way that I play, but also the way that I approach the game mentally and how I look at the game and perspective and, and all those things. And it's pretty cool that you said, you know, it's, it's actually very cool for me to, you know, cause I flew out there on my own. That's the second time I've, I've done that. And, and the flip side of the quarterback thing is to get out and see California. You know what I mean? Um, we're, we're obviously out there. We're working every day. We're working out in the mornings. We're throwing. But then, you know, in the afternoon, we'll go take a ride. And we'll go hiking and we'll get on top of a mountain and just, you know, center ourselves and, 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 and think and, and do all those things that a lot of quarterback coaches don't do. And so for me, Austin, for me, is, is not only a coach, but he's a brother for me. And um, I, can't, I, I, I really can't explain to you how much he's helped me develop and it showed up on tape. I mean, I'm watching the tape right now. And, um, it's pretty cool for me to go back and watch my sophomore year tape to my junior year tape to my senior year tape. And you'll see the phases of the game progress each time, you know, sophomore year to junior year. Okay, junior year, I did that better. What did I not do junior year that I did senior year? So and so that's what I feel like separates me. And a lot of people like to focus on stars and stats. And it's like, that's, you know, great and all, but watch the tape, you know what I mean? Sophomore year to junior year to senior year. And I'm not trying to, you know, boast or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, really I feel like I take pride in my progression in the game and I know that I work hard and I know I'm going to continue to keep that same mindset into college, actually uh, level up. Cause I know I gotta, when I get there, I gotta really step my game up and that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Like I said, I've came a long way. Obviously if you watch the tape, but the biggest thing for me now is looking forward and understanding that I have a long way to go. Um, and I'm going to take that journey head on. Like I said, I'm going to step into it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to get ready for it. And I'm just going to enjoy the process like I am right now. So, yeah. Cole, what up? You mentioned your progression. What have you grown? Which areas have you grown the most in? I mean, obviously, like you've had arm talent. You had sophomore year. Oh, yeah. Had, uh, athleticism. You had those things. So, what is it specifically that you've really worked hard on improving over time? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing from my sophomore year to junior year would be just IQ, just identifying coverage, understanding the game a little bit more. Um, and I think that really showed. And so always continue to improve on that. But I also implemented uh, this 
coming off of junior year into my senior year in the offseason, I implemented a lot of stretching and a lot of quarterback-specific workouts. Instead of just benching, squatting, power, doing all those lists, I, I really toned it down to be specialized. I did a lot of stretching in my hips. I did a lot of shoulder stretching, a lot of shoulder exercises. And I've thrown on the run more this year. And you can see how I turn my hips and I'm more flexible in my back and my hips. Um, and something so small as just stretching 30 minutes a day can make a huge difference. And so um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've implemented in is just taking you know time to stretch and calm down. And also the preparation for me this year was 10 times more than last year as far as going through identifying coverage, you know, what percentage of coverage do they run on third down and seven, on third and long. And then also um, this year's offense was a little more college driven. So guys would run uh, routes based off what coverage it was, which allowed me to have a little bit of freedom. Um, I could check plays. I, I was changing protections based off, you know, if we had field blitz and we're sliding left. I would say flip the slide on right so we could pick it up. So on third and seven, we can convert on first down. So like things like that, that I've really taken pride in and, and learning and getting better at, I think has really helped me this year. You can see it on tape. And so I, I would say stretching and preparation are the two biggest things that I really, really, really took into account this year. And also I naturally grew. So I kind of grew into my body a little bit more. I was 6'3". In May, I grew an inch. So I'm about I'm right at 6'4 right now. Um, and so you can see that I'm kind of starting to grow into my body a little bit and I'm still continuing to grow. Um, and so obviously I'll be, you know, more coordination and things like that. So there's a whole bunch of things I could go on all day about, but those are the, really the main things that I wanted to touch on of, you know, what I've gotten better at and what I've really started to dive into. Colton, we've got a, uh, a listener question here from Jeffrey, uh, shout out to Jeffrey here. He actually threw us a little tip as well. So we appreciate that, man. Jeffrey wants to know, um, is the uh, is the hair coming to Columbia as well? How how long uh, or how long have you been growing the hair? And there it is. And can you tell us a little bit about your musical uh, career as well, your hobby there? Because I know people that follow you on Instagram have probably seen you uh, yep. shredding a little bit. So t- tell us a little bit about all that, man. Your your rock and roll alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I love the question. Appreciate it. Um, so the hair, the hair for me is absolutely coming to Columbia. I can tell you that. Um, I probably won't get much longer than this. Um, but I learned, I learned from the goat, uh, Steven Garcia, shout out to him, man. That's why I'm keeping the hair going in. Um, so I'm going to keep the hair for sure going in. And the, uh, the, the guitar thing for me is actually, it's actually funny because, um, I actually picked up a guitar before I ever picked up a football, um, Mm. growing up. I'll tell you a quick story. My dad had an old beat up truck and he used to be my coach and, um, this truck was beat up now. And so he would put in Motley Crue's greatest hits, like CD and the CD player. Well, we listened to it for a week. And then on the way to practice one day, we try to get the CD out and it won't work. And we had this truck for about five years. So about five years, every day on the way to practice, we listened to the Motley Crue over and over again. <laughs> and it just over time, and my dad was the same way growing up. He went to concerts, uh, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Metallica. He's a big headbanger. And so I'll attribute that to him. And, um, and just, I picked up a guitar and just naturally I was able to piece things together and I'm still that way now I'll hear a song and I'll pick up a guitar and I'm able to piece it together. You know what I mean? But, um, so that's really my outlet from football is playing guitar. And like I said, I don't want to use football to promote my music career. That's not what this is at all. That's just, that's my hobby. You know what I mean? Everybody's got to get away, you know, for some people it's fishing, some people, it's hunting. Some people, it's it's it may be whatever, but for me, it is playing guitar. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to use football to promote that. I'm using the guitar to promote football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been playing ever since I was about five years old, and I've just stuck with it. And I'm glad that I have because um, I feel like that makes me extremely unique. You know, you see people that do play guitar, um, but I can confidently say probably not as well as me. Um, <laughs> I've been shredding now. So I've, like I said, I've been playing since I was five and I've, I've stuck with it. And I just fell in love with the, the era of the eighties rock and stuff like that. And, um, and I love music as a whole. Like I listen to a whole bunch of kinds of music. I mean, if you went through my phone and saw my music, I mean, 
you're on this end, and then the next minute you're on this. I mean, it's completely opposite ends of the spectrum. It's just, I just love music, and, and I love the process of making it and hearing it and feeling it. And um, i just been in love ever since. And so, like I said, that's kind of my outlet away from football. And um, it's going to continue to be. And, you know, hopefully maybe if, you know, after a big win, if a bar or something wants to do a gig, I'm open to anything. So <laughs> hit me up. Good deal. Colton, last thing I got for you, man. So now, you know, you're signed, obviously getting to Columbia next month early. Immediate goals. You know, what what are the what are the things that are on your sort of to-do list right away uh in the short term once you get to Columbia? Right. Um, as far as personal, you know, I'm not a very big like me, me, me guy. I'm all about the team. So I think if we had to go personal, I would just say just get acclimated to, you know, the big transition between from high school to college. Um, I've, I really think that's it for me is just to get in there, get my feet wet. And like I said, just do the best that I can. Right. You know, I want to go to bed every night, looking back on the day and be like, OK, I did everything I could for the team. I did everything I could for me to get better for the team. I did everything I could to better the university. I did everything I could academically. The list goes on and on, and I want to be able to check those boxes every night. And it's not for me. It's for the team. It's for the university. Um, and like I said, I'm not a big me, me, me guy. Um, and so I think the goals for me coming in are just be able to contribute to the team in any way I can in order to help them be better, whatever that may be, right? I may be second-string guy on the clipboard, or I may be first-string guy taking reps. You know what I mean? Like, it's what it's whatever my role is. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, and I'm going to do it for my teammates, and I'm going to do it so that we can win and get better. And I think that's really where my mind's at. Um, continue to keep that mentality. And like I said, just get familiar with the new coaches and, and get familiar with school because it's a big transition. Um, start building relationships. Start getting close with the team and um, just start getting acclimated. And that's what I'm most excited for. Um it's just getting there and meeting everybody and, and um, getting with the team, spending time with them and, and going to war with them and workouts in the mornings and all this stuff. And um, It's a grind, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to embrace it because I know not a lot of people get this opportunity, so I'm extremely blessed and thankful for this opportunity that I have, and um, I'm going to make the most of it. Colton, that'll, that'll be right around the corner, man. You'll be reporting there first week of January or so. Um so, final thing here. By the way, what uh, what type of dog do you have, and what's the dog's name? I know the dog wants to be on the show too. He's going crazy over here. I had to every time a, a person drives by my house, he goes nuts. <laughs> I'm so I apologize for it. He's showing up there right now, but yeah, I, I so he's a boxer. He's a German okay. boxer. His name's Bolt. So there was a Disney movie way back in the day about this dog. It was yeah. lightning fast. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And so I would watch, I, that was my favorite movie growing up. And so when we got a dog, I named it Bolt. So it's funny. Funny thing is I got him in third grade. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, that's my – I mean, because he's been through with me through everything. I mean, we've moved houses. and um, He's been there the whole time through the recruiting process. And <laughs> after games, and he come up to me and all this stuff. So um, he's getting old, but like I said – um, yeah, it's, that's my dog. He's going. He's, he was going crazy earlier. I apologize, but I think he's chilling right now. So he's no, no. You're good, man. We're we're a very pro dog uh, show. Here. <laughs> uh, if I mean, I don't, if you're if your whole is your whole family in there right now as well, or is it just you? No, it's just me. Okay, I got you. So final thing here, man. I, we've got like 350 Gamecock fans on here watching. So maybe um, if you want to give a final shout out or some final thoughts to yeah. them, just whatever message, and then. I think you said you're going live on your Instagram yep. at some point. Tell, tell them about all that just so if they want to watch that, that they can. Yeah, so appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, this goes to all Gamecock fans. I appreciate the support. Me and my family have received a ton of support throughout the process and a bunch more today, and I'm extremely thankful to be a part of uh, the best fan base in the nation. Um, extremely blessed. Thank you guys for all the support. Um since the beginning, all the way towards the end, you guys have showed me and my family nothing but love and support. We can't thank you enough for that. Um, and my way of giving back is, like I said, promising 
to all the fans and the universities and the coaches and I'm going to do my best every single day uh, to help bring a championship back to South Carolina and do everything that we can uh, to achieve that. Um, I'm going live on my Instagram at 4 o'clock. My Instagram is at Colton Gothier. Um, it's on Twitter. It's on my Instagram. It's all over the place. Um, I'll be going live and I'll be signing the paper copies of my NLI um, and getting that set up and getting getting everything signed. Um, I've already signed. I'm already. It's already a done deal. But this is just you know pen to paper, like a physical thing for me to do. And I'll right. have a picture of me up here on the TV. I'll have my family. Um, I'll have more things set up here, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. Um, can't wait to see you guys there. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you guys so much. Colton, a great stuff as always, man. Um, y'all heard him. Check it out. Instagram is at Colton Gothier. Go check out his Twitter. You, you can find the link there as well. Um, Colton, man, we appreciate the time. Enjoy your day. It's been great getting to know you, getting to know your family a little bit, man. Uh, you deserve it, so enjoy it. And, hey, Travis says maybe we get you out there for the national anthem for a big game sometime. Hey, so man. How that about was actually an idea at my high school. They wanted me to do the national anthem before the game, and I'm completely open to that. I will absolutely do it in my full gear, and I'll play the national anthem. Let's do it. Hey, we, we got to start pushing that idea, man. But, um, again, like I said, dude, we appreciate the time. Enjoy your day, and we'll talk to you soon, okay, man? Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Yep, that's Colton Gothier, brand-new Gamecocks commit. He's officially signed. He'll be signing that paper a little bit later on today, um, and then you'll be seeing him at 4 o'clock on Instagram, and then you'll be seeing him in the Garnet in Black starting out in January. Um, continuing our trend, we get the Gamecock quarterback every single year, the face of the class, Colton Gothier, already officially signed, Chris. And I, I saw the comments going throughout the interview, and lots of excited Gamecock fans just to sort of get to know Colton a little bit better off the field and, and learn about the the musical career as well, plus sort of the – you just you have a well-rounded guy Um as far as on the field and off the field with Colton Gothier. Yeah, really interesting kid. Always, you know, have great conversations with him. I ran into him at a camp uh, in Georgia back in the spring or summer, you know, and had a chance to talk with him a lot there. So that always a good time. I mean, just really interesting kid, a really sort of marketable, you know, kid when you, when you start thinking about that, but he's, um, you know, I think the word that we've used in talking about his game on the field is just he's an intriguing kid because he has improved a lot from earlier in his career to the senior season, which he discussed. And in terms of physical tools, he's got a lot of those things. You know, he's 6'4", he's about 210, 215 pounds, so he's gotten bigger. Um, he can make the throws. He can escape the pocket. He can run a little bit. He can do some – some run game stuff for you or buy himself time in the pocket or run outside the pocket. And so he's got all those things. And, you know, I, I, I do think it would be interesting. He mentioned having four OCs in four years, basically, and three head coaches. I mean, what if this guy, you know, what if this guy played at a big, you know, name program, you know, in the state of Georgia that was loaded with talent and had, you know, complete stability in the coaching staff, you know, maybe the numbers are even better. Maybe the profile is even bigger. Um, but we've seen this guy throw. We've talked to him a lot. And he's got a lot of really interesting characteristics, whether it's, you know, on or off the field. Great personality, as you all saw. You can always sort of, I don't know, man, there, there's a certain, a certain intangible quality that you need in your quarterbacks. Not that they all have to have the same personality, but he's yeah. got a little bit of an edge to him. You know, he's got he's got some – sort of uh, almost quiet confidence about him. Something that I, I think, as you said, man, going, going from one scheme to another can't be easy. Oh, yeah. But to go from one scheme to another four times in a row, I mean, it's got to probably all run together at some point. You know, he, he's got to be thrilled to be able to come in, have – in theory, one coordinator, one quarterback's coach, figure it all out and then be able to build off, you know, because a lot of times you sort of build a foundation within a scheme and then you maybe feel a little bit more comfortable letting that quarterback do a little bit more, do a little bit more, maybe have a little more control as far as at the line of scrimmage, changing things up. 
the really good quarterbacks are the ones that are able to get settled in to where they're not having to think as they play. It had to be tough having to sort of process things in four different schemes. So I'll be curious to see. You really have a situation at South Carolina. You have really good competition at the quarterback position, I think. But that's going to be anywhere. And this is a kid that's bought in to South Carolina. He chose the school as opposed to just choosing a coach. Um, and, and I, I think should we, we maybe have been, because of the coaching change and everything else being a focus, Colton Gothier maybe hasn't gotten quite as much attention as he would have any other year if you look at, at South Carolina signing him. So I think this is somebody South Carolina fans should uh, should very much be excited about. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think we touched on that the other day. You know, he's sort of been sandwiched in between you know, Luke Doty and Ryan Helensky, people remembering him from the 2019 class, how high profile he was, him him being on the roster, Luke Doty, you know, being a former four-star, being on the roster, and then carrying it forward to Gunnar Stockton with all the accolades he's gotten. And Gunnar and, and Colton, by the way, know each other. I mean, we, we've talked with him about that before. So um, he has gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. It's been almost strange. But there's been a lot of other things around that that, that probably, like you said, man, sort of weigh into that. but. Certainly someone from a from a trait standpoint, whether it's personality or physical tools, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot there, you know, that can carry forward to make him successful at the college level. So not not a guy at all to, that needs to be written off in terms of thinking about his potential to play in the future. Yep. Uh, so uh, hitting the chat looks like everybody. I mean, we, we knew Colton would be a great interview, but people who have not seen him before are already sort of seeing that and hearing that, that he is a, a really well-spoken kid, really just seems to have it together and I do want to throw another shout out Chris if I can find it to our uh our super chatters we had a uh god did it disappear on me I got it right here you want me to put it up do you have the one from earlier as well we've had two now yeah it it did disappear on us maybe they've been rolling in so quickly that uh <laughs> yeah, so- but that was from Jeffrey Hicklin the uh okay there you go. So shout shout out to Jeffrey. Um, we uh, we appreciate the uh, the tip there, and Greg throwing a super chat as well. Want to know about the portal, and I, I think that that will start a, an important conversation. We're we're going to get into the guys that have signed and the guys that haven't, but the portal will be a big part. We've talked about this on the show uh, probably almost too much. People are probably tired of hearing about it, but the portal will be a big part of what South Carolina is going to do moving forward. And you have some guys in there that you can already see fans start to sort of circle and say, hey, is this guy a possibility? Is this guy a possibility? Greg asked about Demarcus Gregory, Cooper Dawson, Brandon Hill, Tank Robinson. Of those four, Greg, um, the one that stands out to me as being a possibility or a stronger possibility, and this stuff is going to be fluid because there's going to be new names in there every single day. But I look at Brandon Hill, a kid that played his high school ball. He actually played his high school ball in Columbia at Heathwood. I think he's technically from Orangeburg originally as far as hometown goes. But either way, Palmetto State guy, a productive linebacker at Duke, has played a ton there. I looked at his PFF grade for his career. It's pretty solid. He's the guy on that list, Chris, that I would probably think is most most worth looking at as far as South Carolina goes and being a a possibility. I've I've heard there's – stop me if you've heard this before. There's some Georgia Tech buzz. Georgia Tech getting very active in the transfer portal this offseason. They're involved here as well. He's a very smart kid, obviously about to be a graduate from Duke. He is a graduate transfer kid, so would would be able to play right away regardless of if the new NCAA transfer rules go into place. But – He's the guy I would be paying attention to if I'm a Gamecock fan looking at that list. Yeah, that would definitely be one. You know, the others, you know, Demarcus Gregory does play a need position, but I'm not sure at this point that he's going to be one to check on. Cooper Dawson, originally from Hanahan, you know, picked Syracuse over Clemson, um, you know, during the process because uh, Syracuse wanted him to play defensive line. I think Clemson recruiting him as an offensive lineman. So that one will be interesting. Haven't really heard any early buzz there or South Carolina, you know, potential involvement yet. We'll, we'll track that. Tank Robinson, who played at Lake Mary and was at ECU, I believe, 
uh, has actually already uh, expressed his intent to transfer to Charlotte. So he will, uh, he is going to be headed there. All indications are Wes. Let's, uh, we got another super chat from Justin Hill. Let's hit, we got an exciting announcement about one of our sponsors. Okay. Friends at Dead Soxie have released the product that we've been sort of teasing on the show for a while now. They have their new college socks. We're calling them. This is an unofficial name, the spur line. That's not what they're called, but that's what we made up. So they've got some that are striped. They've got some spurs. So make sure you hit deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use the code HOLIDAYPRO. You get 35% off. We posted these on GamecockCentral.com. But if you go to deadsoxy.com, you're going to go up to the top, click on college. It'll give you sort of an interactive map. Click on SC, and you will see they've got two packs of the socks right up there for you. So whether you want some for yourself, you want some for your fellow Gamecock fan, really cool design and great product. No slip technology, as always, with Dead Soxy. Super comfortable. And so make sure you check those guys out. And, of course, check out the game day chair from AffordableMedicalUSA.com as well. And, yep, there you see them. So pretty cool stuff. Everybody was uh, very concerned about the the uh, bronze Gamecock statue in front of williams Bryce not having spurs. They did not forget them on these. These have spurs. So make sure you check those out. And grab yourself a pair from DeadSoxy.com. The spurs, the spurs are available. Are available. Uh, that's a good that's thing. Um Justin Hill throwing a super chat in there as well. The, the super chat thing has taken off, man. I um, I never want it to seem like like we're begging for those, but at the same time, I got to say I appreciate them um, very much. Appreciate all of you, though, whether you're super chatting or just watching or hanging out or listening on the podcast after the fact. But Justin wants to know which position do we believe is the most important to fill in the offseason. And, I mean, Chris, I hate to be a broken record. But I'm going to be a broken record and say it's got to still be wide receiver. I mean, that that's the position you – you know, you can – if I made a, a top four, you know, of positions, there would be some others that would very clearly be in that top four. I'd say linebacker, especially with the loss of Ernest Jones, I would have had linebacker in there even well, before that, yeah. frankly. But with Ernest out, it's an even bigger – issue i'd probably have secondary as third you know dbs as third but man chris i it, to me it, it always goes back to wide receiver because i look at this offense and i say there are actually some really nice building blocks in place there's a foundation running back you feel good about that there's some tight ends to work out to work with particularly if nick muse comes back offensive line where there's some struggles in pass protection this year yes but it was a really good run blocking line and you still have some young athletes at, at tackle or some inexperienced athletes at tackle, you know, like jazz. So that's a position. I don't think you're super entirely just crazy worried about for the future. We know what they have at quarterback. The offense could go from being a huge concern to having some pieces to work with very quickly. If they could just somehow fix the wide receiver position. Yeah, because next year, you know, you get Marshawn Lloyd to add to Kevin Harris. You know, that was running back was sort of a question going in. Felt like they had some guys, but some inexperience. Kevin Harris answered that question. Um, you know, and then you add Marshawn Lloyd to that fold next year. Um, you know, again, tight end, yeah, a little bit of a question, but you have some guys offensive line, there's still gonna be some pieces. And so you do have to solidify quarterback. Um, but a, a big part of that is going to be, you know, adding talent to that receiver room. And so how will South Carolina do that? Well, ideally you're going to do it through a combination of maybe some high school and some junior college work from now until February, and then obviously transfer portal, which we've talked about a ton. But that's that's definitely going to be a priority when you look at, okay, what spots are they going to go really hit the portal hard for? Wide receiver is is going to be number one, probably and number two. <laughs> if you're talking about the important positions. Well, and, and I I'm made the comment, man, in an ideal world, if you're South Carolina, between now and next season, you would land a freshman receiver you, that you think could help, a JUCO receiver that you think could help, 
yeah. and a transfer receiver that you think could help. You know, like yeah. basically all all three. And yeah. that that's the spot. I don't I don't think you're I don't think you're saying no to anybody that could help. I think you're willing to oversign yeah. at that position just to try to get it fixed. And, and I think that's what you have to do. Not not that these other needs aren't important as well, because as we said, there are some other important spots to fix because you let's call it it is what it is you won two games so there are clearly some other holes that are going to have to be patched and filled but I sort of think of it as start with your you know you, you may have a few little tiny holes over here but if you have this big massive hole in the wall you know over here you better fix the big hole first and yeah and that's the way I sort of see it right now so let, let's get a little bit into this recruiting class Chris as we are doing this live it now the what I'm about to say if you're listening on the podcast this may have changed slightly by the time you're hearing this but those of you who are on with us live right now Wednesday afternoon 241 most of the expected signees for today are already in when we started the show, Actually, right after we started the show, Juju McDowell, Caleb Juju McDowell, the running back from Georgia, officially uh, sent in his stuff and was approved by the school, et cetera, et cetera. They announced him. So at this point, we already know Colton Gothier. He was on the show a little bit earlier. He is in officially. Omega Blake is in officially, the athlete slash wide receiver from South Point. Jordan Davis, three-star offensive lineman from Fairburn, Georgia. Creekside, he is in officially. Marcellus Dow, Georgia military defensive back, who's originally from South Carolina, he is in. Sam Reynolds from Alabaster, Alabama, Thompson High School, he is in as well. We are still currently, and I believe we will get this probably a little bit after the show actually goes off the air. Nick Barrett, defensive tackle from North Carolina, actually really a huge part of this class, in my opinion, someone that's not been talked about enough a major target for South Carolina and someone that they internally believed was a still um, that will probably, if you're listening on this on the podcast, be in the boat before um, we go off the air here recording it live. So the other guys that are left, you have TJ Sanders from Marion who has confirmed multiple times. Now he will be waiting until February. John Darius Morgan from Birmingham, Alabama, a big offensive line prospect who we are told, We'll be waiting until February as well. So past that, that so that's where things sit right now. Past that, you have the uncommitted guys that South Carolina has still been trying to turn here on signing day, here during the early signing period. And I think you have several kids who are maybe a little bit torn in some cases. And then you have some kids, I mean, I – I would say an Isaiah Norris, who is another Georgia Military College uh, JUCO defensive back, also from the state of South Carolina, that I think we felt like South Carolina was pr in pretty good shape with. It's just it's been a matter, Chris, of when, when is he actually going to sign? And there was a, a thought that it it would maybe be today. To this point, at two forty three p.m., that has not happened yet. But certainly, someone South Carolina wants to get back into the Palmetto State and wants to have in this class. Yeah, so I just got a note from Isaiah Norris on the show. He he, he is I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we both got that back. We've both been trying to reach out. So um it looks like from what he's telling me, Wes, and and we'll compare notes here live. Um it looks like not announcing until Christmas. But I did ask him if he was deciding today, and he said yes, but announcing on Christmas. So um, trying to get confirmation if he's going to, like, quietly sign and not have it released. Um, but he has been targeting going ahead and, like, make, finalizing a decision. So what we don't know as of 2.44 p.m. now is, is he quietly signing and not having it released until later, or is he just finalizing the choice in his mind and then going ahead and announcing it? you know, at a later date. So Christmas is when we'll publicly apparently know Isaiah Norris's decision. We, we do think South Carolina is still in good shape. T.L. Hanna native, a guy who 
um, is, is a guy with some coverage ability, which they obviously need to add to the quarterback cornerback ranks. And so I um, don't think that really changes, you know, the outlook, but there is sort of a pushback in terms of timeline. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. That's uh that's live. Uh, it's doing a live show for you there, but he, he did tell me the same thing. So that's good. We're on the exact same page. Um, Isaiah Norris, someone South Carolina would really like to, to add, as I said, to this class. And that, that's kind of been the approach, Chris. There's been, I, I use the word judicious in that I think, and I, I looked it up to make sure I was using it correctly, and I think that I am. Beamer has been very judicious in the approach before, you know, leading into the early signing period. Now, there have been some guys, including Isaiah Norris, that are uncommitted to South Carolina that they have tried to go out and, and add. For the most part, it's been about, some versatility and leaving some numbers available for February and then the transfer portal. But JUCO seems to be the approach right now. Can you add a guy or two at a major position of need? And I I think you look Byron Young, and I'm very hesitant right now because with Byron Young, we're not going to talk long because by the time other people hear this show, things may have changed again. But I think it's safe to say, based on what I have been told, that A, we know South Carolina would love to have Byron Young, who is a, a JUCO defensive end from Georgia Military, maybe the most highly recruited defensive end at the JUCO level that's left uncommitted. And B, I think it's safe to say that the kid is torn with what he's going to do at this point, or has been torn today, because He's been introduced to the business side here in that his recruitment blew up late. We thought maybe, you know, I think with everything happening at South Carolina, they were sort of out of it because of all the must champ stuff. Auburn positioned themselves pretty well, but then Auburn has a coaching change of their own. Beamer comes in, starts making him an immediate priority in the last week. Carolina sort of started working their way back into the conversation. He's from South Carolina, but his family right now is in Georgia where he's living. So you have a lot of little different things involved here. You have the Auburn aspect, Chris. Florida State is a school that's been mentioned to me at times with him. Now Ole Miss is trying to push into the mix, and some of their people think they have a decent shot at him. A lot going on, and a, a strong here final battle here, it seems like, for, for Byron Young, who's just stuck in the middle of it and hasn't re- really been able to visit any of these places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the tough part of it for, for Byron Young and so and, and Columbus, Georgia, or Auburn. I do think, you know, without the coaching change in Auburn, I was leaning towards thinking he would probably sign with Auburn. But like you said, man, really up in the air now, 2.47 p.m., we're not sure yet what will happen. We don't know if we'll even know today. You know, if we're just talking about right now live, what we think, uh, it's hard to tell. And so uh, will it take some more time to sort out? Maybe he is a guy that's already graduated. He's finished up at Georgia Military College. So he's he's ready to go in terms of enrolling in January, but we don't know yet. And so um, he's a guy that could definitely help, need position for South Carolina to add, you know, another guy on the defensive line. It'd be a big pickup for them, but it's, it's sort of unclear what's going to happen right now. Yep. Also in the unclear category, unless something has happened since we went on, which is actually a possibility. I don't know if you've seen Chris. Um, so, Quaymon Davis, Juco kid, we were tracking coming in. It feels like this has been a little bit more, more and more of a long shot gradually as the day has progressed. You never know. But Florida, it, it came in with South Carolina and Florida State being the two biggest schools involved with Quaymon Davis. He is a JUCO wide receiver, um, currently out in Mississippi. Now you have Ole Miss, who's gotten strongly involved. We know, we know A, that the Mississippi schools, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, do very well recruiting Mississippi JUCOs when they want a kid. Uh-huh. B, we know what Lane Kiffin has been able to do to showcase receivers in that offense. So that – that's a problem, I, I think, if you're South Carolina. Do we know – Do we know? and I'm putting you on the spot, Chris, is there anything new that we know on Quaymon Davis 
Um, I know earlier there really wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, it's been very quiet. Um, you know, we, we ran something after I chatted with them maybe last week or something uh, after South Carolina had offered and gotten involved. You know, it didn't take long for Shane Beamer to extend him an offer once he once he took his post as the head coach at Carolina. And then it was thought of as, hey, this is probably going to be South Carolina FSU. Well, behind the scenes, Ole Miss has made its move. You mentioned them doing really good work in state at the junior colleges and high school levels. That's sort of what's going on here. I mean, he played high school ball in Mississippi, stayed in the state of Mississippi for junior college ball at Itawamba. And so they've been making a big push behind the scenes. And so is FSU. And obviously South Carolina is still making efforts there too. So we don't know yet. You know, right here speaking live, we, we don't know what's what's going to happen quite yet. Um, it's from what he told us in his previous, you know, line of thinking as far as his timeline, Something was probably going to come down today, but just not clear. But again, you know, need position, good player, good prospect at, at the junior college level. But we've seen, you know, the competition level has really only increased going into today. Yeah. So, um, b- big picture here, Chris. I, be- I believe you said Nick Barrett said maybe four o'clock potentially for his. Yeah, he told us four o'clock. So in real time here, we're at two fifty one. Uh, assuming that South Carolina does uh you know doesn't pull a surprise between now and when you're hearing this and assuming that Barrett signs with South Carolina as is fully expected the Gamecocks will basically end today as far as public signees because now we know that Isaiah Norris is going to announce on Christmas public signees you're looking at 1 2 3 4 including Barrett 5 6 Seven, so you'd end the end the day with seven signees and then two verbal commitments, which would give you nine if you have the entire recruitment class, recruiting class, and then the possibility of adding an Isaiah Norris down the road on Christmas, and then and I I still think that's a strong possibility. I, I think Carolina has done enough there. I think it makes so much sense um, that they'll be in good shape there. So, and we'll certainly try to find out if he did go ahead and send in a letter of intent if Carolina's in good shape there. And then the, the possibility, the hope for them of, of a Byron Young. I tend to think Quaymon Davis, unless it's a, a complete sort of surprise, I just feel my gut is there. It won't be good for South Carolina. So let's sort of split the difference if they get Isaiah Norris, if they were to uh, miss on the other two, then you're basically talking about. 10 guys um, that are in the recruiting class. Mm -hmm. So that would put South Carolina going into February and going into the rest of the offseason. You have to add four more because they counted four of them from last class forward. So that puts you at 14. If If my math is correct, which it isn't always, but I think I am right here, that would leave them with 11 slots left, essentially. Because you have to count all initial counters, whether they're transfers, whether they're high school signees, JUCO signees, doesn't matter. You got to count them all. So that would give them 11 slots left for February and for transfers to try and fill these immediate needs. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the common question was well, how many guys will South Carolina take out of the portal? How many will be from the recruiting ranks? We don't really know. Um, you know, the portal is such a fluid thing. Uh, they're going to constantly have to weigh, is this guy from high school better short and long-term than this guy that we can maybe get out of the portal? What's the comp- We would love to have this guy out of the portal, but what's the competition level? Can we get him? Those are the types of conversations that they're going to have to have. And so when you look out there, you think of receiver, just to use it as, a, as an example, for February, carrying it forward, there are going to be some guys, uh, Keon Coleman, for example, Jordan Mosley, who's going to wait now out of Alabama, the Tennessee commitment, just to use those two guys as as an example, uh, those will be two that South Carolina wants to obviously maybe go out and sign, but they're also going to have portal spots. And, you know, you're not going to bring in eight receivers in this class, even though it seems like you might need to, (laughs) you know, you're you're going to have to balance those numbers. And so um, who's attainable? Who's what's the best play? What's the best management? So you think, you know, 11 spots, 
you obviously are going to have to hit your top priorities of receiver, DB, linebacker, and then pass rush. Um, and so those are the those are the four spots primarily that you're going to need to go and hit. You know, um, you know, with those eleven spots. So do you count it as two each, two and a half each? You know, how do you play it? Probably, and then you have to figure out the best options from there. Yeah. So, um, Chris, I think moving forward, that that will be because some some of these guys in the portal. I mean, we've already seen some guys in the portal making decisions. So some of them will be making decisions, you know, in January, and you'll have a decent feel, I think, for okay, you either get the guy or you don't, you know, and you may say we're completely all in. Spend the scholarship, get the kid or not. If you miss, you use that scholarship on somebody else. I think the interesting decision will become February. How many do you hold just for the possibility yeah. of getting a post-spring yeah. transfer? You know, so. Yeah, because because then, then it's like there's no guarantee. I think what it's probably going to end up be being is, you know, like say South Carolina knows for sure that it can get Keon Coleman and Jordan Mosley and that, that both of those guys at some point, and I'm not saying that'll happen. Don't say Chris said this happened. Quoting you. But, but let's say it, it, hypothetically it happened. Well, you, you probably take those guys, right? Now, maybe you go out and say, well, let's go get a transfer portal receiver in addition to that. But then you might have to think about pulling back on another spot because you, you do have 11 to play with. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you probably are going to want to have a few utility sort of slots, just some some flexibility to go get best player available. Or maybe you feel like you need to add some uh, some quality, but you, you are going to be at the at the mercy of the portal as far as who's in it, who you can get. I want to give a shout out to Steven who uh, signed up for Gamecock Central today. I posted the uh, the code a little bit earlier to get a free trial, but actually if you want to use the code Gamecocks, you can get 50% off currently and um, would love for anybody who's here on the show to come join us over on GamecockCentral.com, which is where we hang out most of the time. Also want to apologize for some of the comments that have now been deleted on the YouTube chat. We want to keep the YouTube chat completely clean and. Uh, no controversy there. We're here to talk about sports, not other type of BS. But yes, uh, Kyle Shallow was the uh, the transfer that we already had the story written about, and um, I, th- I think most people sort of had figured that one out and had gotten there. But um, yeah, he was the guy. All right, Chris, what are your? We're sort of getting to the end here, man. What what are your final thoughts, maybe on the class so far? Or is there a guy in the class so far that you would like to um, kind of highlight, or that you think Gamecock fans maybe need to maybe a maybe an award for a guy? I don't know. I have I sort of have my most underrated at this point. So, um, what what is sort of your thoughts, final thoughts here for the day? And then tomorrow, I think on Gamecock Central, for those of you who are already subscribers, we will go ahead and be looking ahead. Now that we know what the signees are for the early signing period, what do you need to be looking at next? Who are the names to keep an eye on? And we will be able to very quickly move this thing forward as far as what's next for Shane Beamer and the staff. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, not not a super – we realize not a super, uh, you know, exciting day, but um, a, a lot of it was we sort of knew that it would be a smaller class. There are a few guys that South Carolina is going to take a swing on. They might miss on some of those. but. Obviously, you think about some of the circumstances were, were difficult, you know, in order to do that. But the current class, a couple of guys that I just don't feel like are getting talked about maybe enough. Nick Barrett, who you referenced earlier, Wes, I think is a really high upside player because he's a big, you know, 6'3", 320-pound, you know, defensive tackle who I think can move and could be a, a space eater up front. Um, and then also Juju McDowell, you know, is another one that comes to mind for me, a guy that sort of more of a utility type of back. But um, he's been super productive. I mean, Lee County, really good high school football program. Jamie Robinson played his senior year there. And uh, he's he's done really well in terms of producing on the field for them. And a guy that can catch it, he can run it, he can play on special teams. And I think he's a sort of an intriguing prospect in this class. 
No doubt. Uh, I do want to hit this final super chat from Jeffrey Hicklin again. Jeffrey uh, kicked off the super chats today and is going to finish them off as well. Um, predictions on starting safeties. Wow. Yeah. I would normally, Jeffrey, honestly, I would normally give you the I have no idea, but he did throw a super chat at us, Chris. So we're yeah. going to try. I I would – um. Hey, and real quick, Chris, let me say, I don't know if you saw this with everything else going on. Supposedly, Jamie Robinson has said on Instagram today that he's staying um, on his story. So we'll assume for this question that Jamie Robinson is back. Yeah, assume that helps. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) I would pick Jamie. uh, Probably, you know, Jamie and and maybe Jalen Dickerson, you know, would probably be the two guys that come to mind for me, at least. Now, could it be a junior college guy or a transfer? Could could be one of those spots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would not be surprising. But just going off of what we have to go on and what we know right now, assuming no defections, uh, that's probably the direction I would go. Yeah, that's that's the. So who who are the safeties when South Carolina's in nickel? Stop. No, we're not. <laughs> no, Wes, we're not talking about that. Wes, you got to put your super chat up. I'll answer that question. Um, Jalen Foster will be back so that's another guy who will be in the mix and and maybe maybe it is a Juco man maybe there's somebody else that is um, is involved they they really uh, so shout out to Anthony Belt by the way who says uh, I mean we we love compliments obviously but but Anthony earlier on we were talking about positions of need Um, he said D-line linebacker and and secondary which obviously is the entire defense so you know I I don't think Chris now the, the results this year on defense it was obviously a struggle right I I don't know that the defense I I, I still think maybe I maybe I'm completely homer in this thinking I still think there are some young foundational pieces when I look at especially the defensive line maybe at cornerback with with John Dixon and Cam Smith getting valuable minutes Jamie yeah. Robinson, you know, if that is the case that he's back, I still think there are some guys on the defense that you can build around. Does the defense have to get better as a unit? Does some of that potentially change with maybe a change in thinking? We, we don't know who the defense coordinator is yet. We don't know what the scheme will, will be. We don't know how these guys fit in. We don't know transfers. But I don't think – I don't think it's like stopped, you know, for Bear that you're going to be an elite defense. But I also don't think it's – true to say that it's completely entirely devoid of talent either there's a great place to start on that defensive line if you can keep all those guys in play and give them an entire year of development and actually have a spring practice and and have that development time for these kids yeah that's a good point that there are still some guys I mean you look at Jordan Birch and um you know now which guys will come back I mean there's some upperclassmen you look at J.J. Anigbare, I mean, could could some of the senior – like, will Aaron Sterling say, you know what, I was injured most of the year, I'm going to come back again? Or will he go transfer somewhere to play another year? I mean, these are all questions that have to be answered, but Cam and Johnny Dixon certainly made some strides. They had to play a lot at the end of the year, and I think they've done some good things, and they progressed. So, um, you know, linebackers are a big concern. I think slots in the secondary, some depth in the secondary is a concern, and the D-line's got to play better. But it's just it's not completely devoid of talent to where there's just no found like you said foundational pieces. There are some of those things there. Josh, I will I will answer other questions. It's not only tough. You don't have to do a super chat for tough questions. I feel like we we answer a lot of questions. I now, just I didn't want to answer Wes's just to annoy him. So yeah, I, and, wanna, I mean, yeah. admittedly, if you throw a super chat, that that maybe shoots you to the top of the line. Well, it's but. only fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's just out of appreciation, right? Of somebody coming, you know, coming out of their wallet. So, um, we appreciate all of you, though. It, it's all it's all in fun. It's all good. We're all good. Um, Tim wants to know is Ortray coming back? Tim, gotta get you signed up to Gamecock Central, man. Um, yeah, Chris, you want to hit on that? Yeah, I got a, a, even a little. We had a report on that on the Insiders Forum recently, and got a little bit even yesterday. Um, you know, Ortray is actually going to be a graduate that, or did graduate uh, from South Carolina and obviously has, you know, more time left to, work, to where he wants to play. So he is healthy. He's graduated. 
and from what I'm told, has remained engaged with the team. For instance, uh, the, the team meeting that Shane Beamer had a couple Sundays ago, he was there. And so um, it sounds like, from what I've picked up, he still wants to play football and right now is on track to play here. Um, could something change? Yeah, but that's sort of where it's at right now. You know, Chris, that could be a very sneaky, nice addition for, for Shane Beamer. Yeah. Because um, we all saw what Orchard did as a true freshman. We don't need to go all through, the, you know, the reasons why and, and the, you know, the injuries and the knee thing and all that. But if he's back and, and wants to play at South Carolina and is, uh, you know, feels good, then there's no doubt in my mind Orchard Smith can be a starting wide receiver. Um, for South Carolina. So that, that that's a good question and something to keep an eye on moving forward. All right, we're well over an hour. Um, if you missed our interview with Colton Gothier, I think you'll like it. Go back and watch the beginning of the show. Good stuff. Or if you just want to listen to it, it'll be posted on the podcast. But come check us out. Come hang out with us at GamecockCentral.com. We'll be back on the air tomorrow afternoon. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see you then. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.